KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with someone you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Get a deal you'll like on a Honda you'll love. It was shocking to me that there were so many people that were as into this sport as I was starting to become. It's interesting when you get into these kind of things and you realize there's so many like-minded people like you out there. It felt like I was among people that were very similar, but also from different backgrounds and different than I was. And our guest this week is Samantha Sayward. She is the owner of Philly Dodgeball. I'm fascinated to learn more about this. And Samantha, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, happy to be here. So Philly Dodgeball. Yes. Give me the elevator pitch. What's it all about? So Philly Dodgeball is an adult recreational dodgeball league. Um, We are the only USA Dodgeball membership organization, which just means that we follow the USA Dodgeball rules and regulations and ball types um, in the Delaware Valley. So we have about over 200 active members. We play on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Um, In the dodgeball world, we like to say we do all ball types. So we do foam, no sting, and cloth. You talk about the days, you talk about how many people, how does it break down? What's the age range? Do sure. do men and women play together? Like how, do, how does it all break down? Yeah, so we're an 18 and over dodgeball league. I would say on average our dodgeball players are as young as 23 um, and as old as 42 um, or as young as 42. Um, on Tuesdays we do co-ed, so we do uh, mixed gender. It's required that we have two women on the court at all times. The team size is eight on Tuesdays, same thing on Thursdays, although on Thursdays right now um, we're doing a social league, so there's no gender requirement there, although um, it is a predominantly women league on Thursdays, the social one. We also do a competitive league, um, which just happens to be more male-dominated. Um, and then Sundays as well is is what we call open, so um, we don't have a gender requirement on Sundays with cloth, but it's we welcome you know all different genders and age ranges. When you say dodgeball, my memories of dodgeball are playing in elementary, junior high, high school. We also played this game, Bombardment, which was just dodgeball on steroids where there were like nine (laughs) balls and you got welts. That was like the whole thing. Kind of give us the the parameters of how dodgeball is played here and what people expect if they take part. Sure. So um, our social league is one of those leagues where we do follow the USA Dodgeball rules, which are pretty basic, which are what you remember from the playground. You get hit, you're out. If you catch someone's ball, they're out. Um, If it hits you and hits someone else and then it hits the ground, you're both out. So it's really the basic rules that you remember. But definitely in the social league, it's a little bit more take a ball, throw a ball. There's no strategy really in social because people are just there to play and then go up for a drink after. Um, and we have sponsored bars on all three of our nights. But that's more of a Thursday league. Um, on Tuesdays with our foam leagues, it's a lot more strategy. Our players have uh, play at the USA Dodgeball tournaments. You know, they're really looking to capitalize on how many balls does the team have. They have a countdown to throw up to 10 seconds. You know, how many people are in? Are we going to go for a person that's holding a ball? Or do we know anything about that player? Like, are they going to catch the ball if we throw one at them? So it's a lot more strategy on Tuesdays. But basically, at the core of Philly Dodgeball is the game of dodgeball, just throwing it hard at someone, just really relieving stress after a long day of work or home life or what have you for an hour, you know, once, twice, or if you do all three leagues, three times a week. 
So talk to me about how you started this. Were you someone who was playing dodgeball or were you looking for an outlet and couldn't find one and said, "Ah, the heck with it. I'll start my own thing. Yeah. So me and 40 of my closest friends played in a local dodgeball league in Philadelphia. And to be quite honest, they didn't really invest a lot of time into understanding the USA Dodgeball rules of dodgeball um, or even having sufficient equipment for us. Um, We felt that basketball is huge in Philly, volleyball, soccer. Dodgeball is one of those niche sports. It's kind of like cornhole or spike ball where there's not going to be a huge amount of people that come out, but the people who do are diehard like us. And we just felt that the league didn't care about and didn't invest any time in us in in us and a lot of us have been playing in that league for five some people ten years um, and then it got to a point where we were all just really frustrated and we're just going to give up on playing dodgeball in Philadelphia and I love this sport so much um, and I've gone all in on it so at the time I was like well I have a background in organization and logistics let me see if I can do it and I just did it. You know, I just uh, found a facility, again, brought a bunch of people from that league with me, and we've been growing ever since. And it's a definitely a team effort. You know, I have that background in logistics and getting people together and in social media, but it really is the league has grown only because the players are telling their friends who are telling their friends, and then they come and they have a lot of fun and they keep coming back. So that's really the origin of it. And like all good things and discoveries and inventions, they're created because there's a problem that we're trying to fix. And I was just trying to fix that there wasn't a thriving league in Philadelphia for dodgeball. From the moment where you make kind of the decision that this league's not getting it done and we're going to start our own, to ta-da, here we are. How yeah. long are we talking? So we started the league August 2022. So we're well over a year and some change, um, and so we're going into our second year. From the moment you decided to start, though, how long was the process of getting everything together until you were ready to go? Oh, it was probably about six months. Um, It took a lot of planning. As anybody knows who may be listening to this, who runs any sports leagues in any city, facilities are always going to be the most challenging part, and that was what was most challenging for me. I had to really network, get to know, you know, someone who works here, who works here, just to get us into a facility one night a week and then really launching the social media and putting together a marketing plan um, and really trying to find the right time to start it. Um, So, you know, we started in August of 2022, but once the, you know, January of 2022 started, that was my goal, you know, so it took about six months in planning to start it. You talked about facilities being difficult. Were there other things, were there things you didn't know you didn't know when it came to putting this together, despite your background in logistics or, you know, I'm sure there's just a lot of boxes that you week by week learn have to be checked. What were some things that you didn't anticipate having to deal with that were kind of front and center that to make this happen? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say probably I can think of probably three things that I didn't realize until I was in it. The first being uh, the challenges with insurance. Um, Although facilities, you know, is always going to be the most challenging thing, finding the right insurance company to support a dodgeball league. They're used to, like I said, all the other popular sports, but dodgeball is a very niche sport. So it was hard finding an insurance company that was reasonable, that would 
take us on. So that's one. Two, taxes. I had never run my own business before. So doing my taxes when it when it came up this past year, I wasn't tracking all my expenses. And that was almost about a month of working with an accountant and going through all the expenses for the entire year. Number three, I would say that, you know, we did pretty well, but now we're now capitalizing on is player experience. It's so important that you take constructive feedback and you make sure that everybody that comes to your league knows your name, you know their name, you know where they live in the city. Why did they start playing dodgeball? Because people invest in relationships and they invest in people. And we are playing dodgeball, but if we want to create an environment where people don't just come and they play dodgeball, they come and they play dodgeball, then they come out to the bars with us after, have some food, drink, um, and then come to USA Dodgeball tournaments or come and just hang out with us outside. So I would say those three things are things that I, I really learned throughout the process. Having to deal with all that, were there points where you kind of looked up and wondered, is it worth it? And <laughs> what am I doing here? Because like you said, you want to do it. Yeah. For all the right reasons and the social. But I would imagine you get caught up in the red tape and the bureaucracy and doing Zooms with insurance and then turn around and yeah. arguing with somebody about what hours you're going to be able to use their facility. Like, right. I would imagine there are moments when you're like, I don't know, maybe I should just no, I don't know. Like, did you have moments like that? I mean, yeah, definitely. I, but what keeps me coming back is is my players and, you know, a lot of them are my friends. You know, we we play with each other three nights a week, but we also, like, we're all going on a trip this weekend to the Poconos. Like, we were all really close, so if I didn't know them and there wasn't that strong of a relationship, I don't think I would be able to invest as much time and passion into this work that I do with dodgeball. But, you know, there are times where it's challenging. I also think that although I am the owner of Philly Dodgeball, sometimes I'm also someone's therapist, you know, and dealing with player conflicts. You know, that's something that I I guess maybe going back to your question, a fourth thing that I didn't realize I was going to have to manage was conflicts. A lot of player conflicts, a lot of, you know, maybe someone's cheating or they're in a fight outside of dodgeball and now there's a conflict of them on a team. So, but I think overall, if I get to a point where I don't enjoy it anymore, there are so many people that I could be like, maybe you should take this on. But I enjoy it 95% of the time, and that 5% is always just the the gripes and the, the challenges that come with just owning a business or, or running a league with adults. <laughs> is this a side hustle for you, or is this your life now? I mean, it is a side hustle, but it is also my life. I also serve on the USA Dodgeball Board of Elections, so I also do that like as a volunteer position, um, but dodgeball has certainly become my life, um, but I do work a full-time job. Um, that's where I just came from, from here, so I work for the American Cancer Society, but it, it is dodgeball's life, as we say, and it is all-encompassing, so... What was your introduction to dodgeball whenever? Like, was it elementary school? Like, was it the playground or was it later? Because I know in schools, a lot of sports like dodgeball aren't as Mm -hmm. all-encompassing or all-around as they were. I mean, that was something we played two, three times a week when I was back in my day in in gym and stuff like that. Like, what was your introduction? So we didn't play dodgeball in school. I'm from uh, Massachusetts. 
And I believe it was banned at the time, and I think it still is. But I went to uh, – I worked at a camp called Camp Borndale, um, which is just a local camp in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And after we would serve dinner to the campers, um, we would have a lot of – you know, schools come and we would serve dinner to them. And then they would play dodgeball after. And so I was 13 when I first started working there, and I just – absolutely fell in love with it. And I played it all the way up until I was 19. And, you know, then I joined the Navy and and still played it throughout the Navy. But that was my first introduction. And um, I just fell in love with it. And and it's always been kind of something I always wanted to do. But then when I moved to Philly, that's when I really started playing. Why'd you fall in love with it? What was it about it? Because there are a lot of sports, there are a lot of things you could do. What was it about dodgeball that just kind of seduced you and kept bringing you back? Yeah. Dodgeball is a very... um, it fits along the lines of my personality. You know, I'm competitive, but I'm also athletic. You know, I grew up playing softball, and so I have a really strong arm. And it also is – it's a lot of um, calisthenics. Like, it's a lot of jumping, lateral movements, um, you know, especially at that elite level is you're getting low, you're getting high, you're jumping all over the place. And, like, even early on when I first started playing dodgeball, I was very much like that type of player. And it's just – it feels – you know, just to be able to hit someone and get them out is very gratifying, you know, and it's a very simple sport to to pick up and learn. And yeah, I just it's it's a great way to get a good workout in and get people out. As you come to Philly, you start playing in that other league. And were you and probably not because of how the passion you have for the sport. But when you found this community, were you surprised or did it just make sense that, well, of course people would love to play this? Because, like you said, it is niche. I think a lot of people can go through not thinking that this is a thing, but it is definitely a thing. Yeah, I mean, it was shocking to me that there were so many people that were as into this sport as I was starting to become. I didn't – it's interesting when you get into these kind of things, like whether it's a hobby or a sport – And you realize there's so many like-minded people like you out there. It felt like I was among people that were very similar but also from different backgrounds and different than I was. But it's it's a growing community. I mean even though dodgeball is a niche sport, you know, we – we are growing every year and getting bigger and bigger, but it's a huge community and it's growing and it's very tight knit, but it's also very welcoming. I would say that most people that join our league or join other leagues across the country, like we want more people. We want more people to come and, and kind of see how great this sport is. Were you surprised as you got more immersed in the sport and played more to find out that there was like a USA dodgeball, like that it yes. was on this national yeah, because I do yeah. think a lot of people at first would be like, oh, come on, that's not a thing. I know. But real, like, you know, if there's people that want to play it here, you logically, there are obviously people in other places in the country that want to play it, and there is this giant governing body. Was that surprising to you, though, when you kind of uncovered that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was surprised at a lot of things about dodgeball when I first moved to Philadelphia, that there was this whole awesome community, but then there was, like, on top of that, this whole, like you said, governing body of people that were volunteers that are invested in growing the sport at a national and international level. And they're they're people from, again, all different backgrounds that have been playing. Like our board now has some volunteers and leaders that have been on the – that have been playing dodgeball for almost 20 years at this point. Um, So I'm still – even though I started playing in 2018 – I'm still very new to this community. And, you know, USA Dodgeball used to be two different organizations. It used to be an elite dodgeball, which there's a whole history behind it, but all different ball types that we talked about earlier. Um, but, yeah, it was it was at first 
USA Dodgeball and tournaments. I was like, that's kind of goofy. Who's going to travel to San Diego or Texas to go play dodgeball? But then once I got more involved, I was like, obviously, why wouldn't you travel to San Diego to go play dodgeball? So, yeah, it was interesting. Time to take a break on one-on-one. We will have more with Samantha Sayward, the owner of Philly Dodgeball, in just a moment. But right now, there's nothing quite like the Honda Accord Hybrid and the CRV Hybrid when it comes to exhilarating efficiency. With hybrid technology and thrilling capability, these vehicles deliver an electrifying performance on every drive. This new year, discover for yourself what truly makes these hybrids special. Redefine your driving experience with Honda KBB. Com's best value brand of 2023. Contact your local Honda dealer today about the Honda Accord Hybrid and the CRV Hybrid. And now on one on one with Matt Leon, let's return to our conversation with Samantha Sayward. She is the owner of Philly Dodgeball. You mentioned the different ball types yeah. for people that don't understand, that don't play. What's the difference? Why does it matter? So, dodgeball is, I think, what stunted, what has stunted its growth, I think is this ball type conversation. So basically, you probably grew up playing this rubber 8.5 Giant red ball, yeah. Yeah. So that's like the original ball type. But as the sport has grown, other ball types have been introduced. So first is the foam, which is 7 inches, which is like... I guess foam. That's a very popular ball type. It's popular because it's more accessible. It's easier for, let's say, women to throw versus the 8.5 giant ball types, although there are, of course, women and women identifying that love that ball type. Um, But then there's no sting, which is a lie because it definitely does sting, which is the most popular ball type in the United States. Um, And that's a smaller rubber. I think it's about seven inches as well, but it's a rubber rubber ball. Um, And then there's the cloth ball type, which is new to the United States. They play it in Europe and in other countries across the world, Um, but it looks like a volleyball and it's covered in cloth. It's a little bit smaller than an 8.5 ball, but the cloth and the foam are what USA plays at a, um, at Worlds, which is in Austria this year. So USA Dodgeball is trying to kind of push more of the, the foam and the cloth ball types um, to more tournaments to get more visibility to grow players to to get better at those ball types. So, But again, it's a huge debate in the dodgeball community about what ball type is best. Well, 8.5 is the original, so it must be the best. So, But it's really whatever you like to play with and whatever gives you the most fun. That's why we offer all three types. So, Is there like ball snobbery to that point? Like oh where people, I, I will not play unless it is yes. this type. Like a real, that's a thing? Oh, my God. And it's so funny because hopefully people in the dodgeball community are listening to this. They're, they're like, yes, because <laughs> it is a thing. I even have players that will not play foam. They just hate that ball type. They'd rather play no sting. Or there's players who are like, I only do foam. And, you know, uh, it's up to them, you know, but I think dodgeball is dodgeball. So I like to play all different types. You know, I'm, I'm here for the dodgeball fun. So, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of highbrow, like we don't, you know, no sting is not real dodgeball. It's like, who cares? It's dodgeball. When I played this back in elementary and middle school, and like this is a different world, this is the 80s, you could, in looking back now, I can tell who the sociopaths were in my (laughs) class because who would aim for the head and who would get pleasure out of that and stuff like that. And I only say that kind of a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Are there rules as far as when you're throwing the ball where where you can hit stuff like that? In Philly Dodgeball, 
No, but in other leagues, you know, uh, across the country, there are. Um, but there is a thing that's headhunting, those psychopaths that want to hit people in the face. I am I feel like we don't—I know we don't have that at Philly Dodgeball. And I would say that those who do hit people in the face are quick to apologize. And I'm quick to just—if it keeps happening, I'll always say something like, hey, um, aim better. Just, like, try because— I don't want anybody to have a bad time. But I would say at the some of the USA Dodgeball tournaments, there are people who headhunt, but they usually will get carded for that. But it, you can hit people in the face. Um, but in other leagues like um, Stonewall Sports is another um, – it's an LGBTQIA um, league, a national organization. Um, they are very strict on no headshots, but not here in Philly Dodgeball. So In a perfect world – how would you like to see Philly Dodgeball grow? I mean, you're only talking, you're in your second year of ex, so I'm still, I'm sure a lot of it is still kind of maintaining continuity sure. and stuff like that. But if it continues to grow, what could we see? Like, what would be the dream for, you know, Philly Dodgeball? What it would it look like 10 years from now? Yeah, great question. I think um, I'd like to be able to be a league that has four league nights that grow every single season. Right now, our players are doing multiple leagues, and we're kind of robbing Pete. What's that saying? Robbing Peter to pay Paul by stretching everybody too thin. Um, so I'd like the league to be four nights and really operating independently. Um, so not me going to four nights a week, but really taking on some veteran dodgeball members to run those league nights um, for me. I think I definitely like we've grown certainly with our our women's division but i'd like women to have a one night a week just for themselves have um we call it a she they league so we are working on that for the spring um in april we plan to launch a she they league um but i'd like to see that one of the the league nights as well as keeping a social night a competitive night and a, a mixed foam night but uh, continuously, I mean, I'd love to see us at a thousand members strong, active players throughout the year. I think that there's definitely maybe not a demand, but like a need for people to do something silly and fun and get to meet new people and grow their network and grow their community. And I think dodgeball solves that. So that's what I'd like to see. Is there professional possibilities? Oh, let me ask, is there a dodgeball professional league? I don't think Philadelphia was involved, but in general, is there one? Yeah, so it's actually funny that you asked that. So there is um, what we call Team USA, um, and I'm actually on the practice squad for that. So um, like I said, dodgeball is my life. So, But Team USA is the closest that we have to a professional dodgeball, I guess, for lack of a better word, like professional athletes. So that's for the two different ball types that I mentioned, cloth and foam. Um, then we have women's, co-ed, and then men's. Um, so that's as close as we get to the professional level. And we have four local players, including myself, or five actually, now we just added one, that are on the Team USA practice squad for just foam for that ball type. Do you enjoy playing as much now as you did before, given everything else that's on your plate that you have to do before you can worry about playing has it sucked any of the enjoyment out or has it gone the other way and you actually enjoy it more because you have to deal with mm -hmm. all this other stuff and when you can get out there and just let it rip it means even more i would say it's somewhere in the middle 
I think that because I'm playing on the nights that I'm running, it can certainly be a distraction because I can't be 100% invested in the games that I play when I am there on league nights. So that is definitely a challenge. But I do feel like because I am a player, I understand and I see the challenges that other players may face that would not give them the best experience in my league nights. Although there is, there's also what comes with that is, is if I get upset or frustrated with something another team is doing, I have to take off my owner hat and keep my player hat on, um, which is something that was, I guess, another thing I learned along the way was very challenging in the beginning. Now I feel like I have a good rhythm with it. I don't, I'm never captaining a team. I'm always making sure that someone else is captaining a team. If they have a, a problem with another play or someone's cheating or whatever the case is, they can handle it. Um, and I'm not involved. But at the Team USA practice squad level and traveling for USA dodgeball tournaments, that's when I'm able to just be a player. And that's, and I've grown so much as an individual player. And I also see how we can grow the sport. When I get to that level, that's when I have the most fun is is when I'm traveling and playing in those tournaments. So a little bit in the middle, it's definitely not taking the love away as a player, but it is challenging during my league nights. The 2004 movie Dodgeball starring Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Where do we stand on that? Do we, do we roll our eyes at it feeling like it's mocking or is there a lot of it that you're like, oh, wow, well, actually you see more of that than you would think. Like, what do you, what do you think? Because I enjoy the movie and it's interesting because it kind of frames Dodgeball in the movie as yeah. something that no people would really yeah. do. It's this really, really odd thing. But... It also shows teamwork. It shows it, you know, overcoming things, inclusion. Like it does have a lot of really cool things about it. Where do you stand? So, just two thoughts on that. I think first, because of that movie, Dodgeball had a huge influx of players and visibility that we wouldn't otherwise have gotten to without that movie. So, I think it had, funny enough, like long term beneficial impact for the sport of Dodgeball. But two, as like a player, when people find out that you play dodgeball or find out you run your own league, they're like, if you can dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. And once you hear that, you know, I've been playing since 2018. Once you hear that for so like you're like, oh, yeah, like you just go, mm-hmm, no, yes, totally. But, you know, a little bit of eye rolling, but also like I think that movie is hilarious. I watched it like while I was in, I think it came out in 2004, like you said, 2004. You know, I watched it. I think it's hilarious. So, yeah, it's a little bit of both. It is one of the movies that if I'm flipping and I come across it, I will stop and watch for at least 15 minutes because there are just some really great moments. But kind of going along with that, because this is serious. I mean, the the idea is to have fun. But as we have discussed, there is a lot of serious work that has to go into it. Right. Do you ever struggle or is it frustrating when people are flipping about it with you? And think, oh, well, isn't that adorable, your own little league? Like, I am sure there are a lot of people that are incredibly condescending yes. of this. And how do you deal with it? And does it not happen as often as I would think it does? Honestly, I'm surrounded, and maybe this is just a gendered thing, but because I work for a nonprofit with a lot of women, and I'm surrounded, I'm in maybe somewhat of an echo chamber with being with so many other fellow dodgeball players that I don't really hear it. I hear the opposite. I hear like, oh my God, you own your own business and you run a dodgeball league. Like, that's so cool. Like, I get a lot more of the positive than I do the negative. I will say that like um, 
about a month ago, I joined another dodgeball league just to kind of be a player for once. Um, I joined on Wednesdays, and it was more of that. It was more, oh, you're wearing knee pads? Oh, that's so cute. Oh, you own your own dodgeball league? Like, why? Why would you do that? And, a do- and this was within a dodgeball league? Yes. You, you were getting this? Yes. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> you, like, this sport, it may be silly, but it's also like... So is much of life. Yeah. And I mean, like, who cares? Like, if you get to have fun, like you're a kid, one hour a week, that's more than some people get to do in a lifetime. So I don't really hear, like I heard, like I said, I heard that in that league. But, like, I surround myself with people that are super supportive. And I work in a very supportive organization. Um, So when I first started working there, they found out I played dodgeball. And they were like, send me pictures. Like, but yeah, definitely more positive than negative. To wrap up, if someone is interested, they hear this, do they just show up? Does it cost anything to get involved? Like yeah. how does it how does it work from that standpoint? So they can uh, – it's www.phillydodgeball.com. You can also Google dodgeball in Philadelphia. I'm very proud to say we show up first, of course. And they can just go to the website and we have – it's $65 for eight weeks. Each night has a sponsored bar. So um, on Tuesdays, we work with Evil Genius Brewing Company, um, which they're amazing partners to us. Um, Thursdays, we work with Mifflin Tavern. Um, so people can enjoy food and beverage, 10, 15% off. And then we have playoffs the seventh and eighth week. And so they go to the website, they sign up through there. I get notified that they register and then they get to play when the league starts. So it's super easy, super simple. Um, and really at the end of the day, like You know, I know we talked a lot about like the competitive aspect, but it's perfect for beginners because most people who start, they haven't played since they were kids. Um, So it's a it's a great environment to to jump into, do a different sport. And we always do um, practices and training before your first game, especially if you're new. So Samantha Sayward, this was so much fun. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for the opportunity. And that will do it for this week's episode of One-on-One with Matt Leon, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Get a deal you'll like on a Honda you'll love. Want to thank Samantha Sayward, the owner of Philly Dodgeball, for being our guest this week. Now, if you like the show, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, leave us a rating and a review. You can follow the show on X at One-on-One Pod. You can follow me on there as well at Matt Leon 1060 Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check us out again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.